लर्न एंड लर्न पॉडकास्ट एपिसोड नंबर एट एंड फाइनली वी हैव जोर आई डोंट नो इफ दैट्स हाउ यू ओके फुल नेम आर शुड बी आस्किंग दिस बिफोर स्टार्टिंग दिस रिकॉर्डिंग बट एनी वॉट्स अ फुल नेम दो You are Eric Swalas. You are Eric Swalas. I'm not even going to try. Jor, I'm going to go with Jor. Yeah, and we have Jor here, and we're sitting on a stairs terrace once again. The weather is not very supportive today. It might just start raining while we are still recording, so we need to be ready to find our covers here. Hey, we're living on the edge. Correct. Correct. and uh, so without further ado let's just get into it why don't you start by telling us about yourself where you come from i know you come from sweden yes. and i know even though you look like a russian gangster not from russia <laughs> that was my first guess about you but please tell us a bit about yourself you come from sweden what were you doing there and uh, guess you could call me a tattoo artist Yeah if you could see this guy you, you would it is very apparent that this guy is a tattoo artist uh, that's what you told me like i look like a children's playbook because uh, like, yeah <laughs> the coloring books yeah because he has started all over himself and uh, that's why i was intrigued man uh, okay this guy looks like a gangster it looks like <laughs> some you know gang signs and tattoos some gang members kind of get and uh, no it's the complete opposite <laughs> it's a bunch of flowers man <laughs> <laughs> that is true very innocent tattoos yes and so you were uh, you are a tattoo artist and uh, you used to do that back in sweden i was starting out in sweden i was not doing it like professionally in any way just from home trying to figure it out mm-hmm. learning and learning then like professionally came later I moved away when I was like 21 so like before that what do you do <laughs> Not much trying yeah. to figure out life Mhm and now you're here in India trying in to an, figure out life <laughs> in an ashram <laughs> something definitely happened between this period when you were like trying to figure out life at 21 in Sweden and right now when you are sitting here in Coimbatore in India <laughs> yeah <laughs> something happened in the middle so maybe let's talk about that i know you have a pretty interesting story that uh, you know uh, because we have talked about it a bit but if you want to go into the details that's fine because i don't want to go into it because that's it's, what that's something uh, you want to share out in the open but i would un- encourage you to do it <laughs> no it's fine it's all uh, done and over with you know Uh-huh. and uh, you live in your learn so i'll just uh, throw it out in the open that what you uh, back in sweden something happened and you had to stab a bunch of guys <laughs> let's start from there you're making it seem very horrible yeah. very that's, violent that is and why i was like case. you know why don't you go ahead with it's it not, but uh, it's not like that and then you had to flee your country Nah, you stay in a different country like I went also got a killing spree that's, that's not the truth yeah i'm just getting you out to open talk about it you put me in a corner <laughs> <laughs> no it's like this when you're young and uh, 
I guess you could call it a bit of an intense person trying to find out outlets all over the place uh-huh. and then you discover alcohol <laughs> and it's a good time in the beginning alcohol yeah but I was like a very frustrated young man you know and got myself into trouble all the time mm-hmm. that's why you probably went into, into an art school also <laughs> Yeah, but that didn't help. <laughs> there you only meet like more weird people. Yeah, you get all the weirdos there. Yeah, it's just this collective group of weirdos. Uh-huh. But for me like yes, uh I was already like a bit of a messed up person. Mm-hmm. But then uh, I got in like I had a uh, shoulder surgery. During oh. my time in art school because I couldn't draw anymore. I could not tattoo, I could not do anything. It was just pain in my shoulder. It used to dislocate. So like I was basically bedridden or couched couched yeah like they put me on this sling thing attached to this big ass pillow and uh, I was locked like this for 6 weeks with that's, a lot of pain yeah that sounds frustrating that's probably when you drink a lot too <laughs> I was not in a position time, like that but they gave me a lot of uh, uh, painkillers ah uh. So when you sit That's in, worse than alcohol. <laughs> it's much worse. When you're sitting there and in the beginning, yeah, it's for the pain, but then one day you take one too many and you discover that hey, this is actually very nice. <laughs> I can it take high of all of the problems because at this time like I was left alone, no friends coming to visit really. Mm-hmm. Just spending my days not doing not being able to do anything, wanting to do everything and just having this pain. So I would end up just popping these pills uh-huh. very quickly that addict mentality comes into the picture mm-hmm. and I would go and I would retrieve more and I had this big ass Pile stack of, of uh-huh. pills and once the, I got out of the slingshot that kind of painkiller addictions was still there yeah but then you start mixing it with alcohol oops <laughs> and when you start mixing with alcohol like all Weird shit happens yeah like all of those ideas of right and wrong completely goes out the window uh-huh. you're just doing crazy stuff without thinking about without, it without no that like you have no the consequences and all yeah like, nothing nothing you're just doing and when monday comes and those phone calls comes in and like man what the hell did you do this weekend uh, you don't know <laughs> Just you tell it. me what I did. Exactly. And then you hear about it, man, that doesn't sound like me. No way, I must be someone else. And it goes like this. But so yeah, to cover that little incident. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was already like on this path of getting in fights every weekend. Me and my painkillers and my beers. You know. But uh, so I was slowly like heading into this deep, dark depression. And... Uh, now when you get into like those deep dark corners of yourself and you start become kind of suicidal and all of that things mm-hmm. you have to stab someone you just gotta stab someone <laughs> no my intention was always to stab myself ah uh. i was never like i was carrying this knife because i wanted to get really drunk and stab myself like uh-huh because cut my own throat i was those like barriers was not there anymore uh-huh. when you start mixing those kind and of alcohol and drugs that time? 19 20 so 20 that's, that's a bit too young to think about 
sitting your own th- throat but i guess that's what it does pain killers with beer when you already you. like so much was going on and like not recognizing yourself anymore and just in this constantly in this dark corner of your own mind mm-hmm. living it every day then uh, almost becomes like a natural thing but anyways while i was having this that's like the reason of me even having a knife it was never to stop someone else hurt anyone else <laughs> yeah even though i was getting into these fights it was never like the, an intention to ever hurt anyone else but mm-hmm. so this like this party comes up my my best friend's birthday mm-hmm. and i go to this party and a bunch of his friends is like all they enjoy mma they enjoy like wrestling with each other punching each other and all of this <laughs> not my thing but okay it's not my friends either but i have to for this to make sense for you i have to give you a little bit of a backstory i guess because mm-hmm. at this party this guy comes up to me like from behind while i'm smoking a cigarette and takes a, puts me in a chokehold <laughs> casual very casual thing a guy like i don't really know <laughs> from behind just puts me in the chokehold but anyways like when i was eight something like that eight ten maybe I used to live in a bit of a rough neighborhood mm-hmm. and um, after school uh, in like in this neighborhood there's a lot of refugees a lot it's called like uh, little somalia <laughs> little somalia yeah in sweden so, yeah so <laughs> okay there was this guy in, in my school it was like clearly he was much older than everyone else mm-hmm. he had like a very swedish name so obviously he his like he was living under this protective identity or something ah, like so he this. wasn't really Sweden, swedish as no 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 he was not even speaking swedish this ah. guy was like completely separate from everyone else uh-huh. bit old, like very violent guy i have like two two memories of this guy one is like i'm sitting and snacking with my friends like after school and he just comes in through the door and takes this metal thing that holds uh, paper towels like kitchen towels and he just whack this guy over the nose and it's completely shattered his nose oh. like for apparently like no reason just comes in and does it for sure they had some argument before but i don't know it uh-huh. and he just leaves this is the only other than uh, what he did to me like later on it's like after school my friends are not even my friends people are that i knew that was going into my brother's class they throwing snowballs at this guy mm-hmm. and i'm just like eight years old you know just laughing giggling thinking <laughs> this is kind of funny uh-huh. And he chases them and they run off. And me, like, I'm, I'm just hanging around. Mm. I don't care about this. So I go and I lean against this fence. It's like a wooden picket fence, you know? Mm-hmm. Just relaxing. And this guy comes up behind me and he chokes me. And, like, pulls me over this this uh, fence. He just keeps on choking me until I'm out cold. Uh-huh. And he keeps on choking me. Like, literally, the guy is trying to kill me, you know? And, um, and you are eight. I'm eight. Ah. Eight or ten. Somewhere around there. And uh, the schooler is empty. It's only me and this guy and I'm out. I'm not there. But somehow this little bit older person from the school, he sees this. He sees that I'm... Out cold. Yeah, out cold and this guy just keep on going. And he runs over and just whacks the guy. Ah. And he takes off. And uh, that's how I even know, like, know about it because then he's telling me this. Oh. I don't remember. All I remember is just leaning against this fence and it's out. <laughs> and this was something like that was messing with me for a long time because it mm. never got 
sorted out. Yeah. Like they would, even my mom, like the 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 people at the school, like no one really wanted to address it because I I don't know like if they, they did address it, but not talking to me about it because mm-hmm. I don't know how how do you bring up a conversation about it? like yeah you eight-year-old son just <laughs> almost got killed at school today <laughs> by this crazy person. Uh-huh. So it never got sorted. So it messed me with me for a long time. So yeah, back to this party. This guy, obviously, I'm not too keen on getting shot from behind. <laughs> Have a little bit of background. Yeah, a little History. bit of P- PTSD or something about it. <laughs> so he does it, and I just like pure instinct. I just take him off, mm-hmm. and uh, I turn and uh, I punch him. Mm-hmm. And I obviously cause a bit of a commotion at the party. Everyone gets upset, all of this. But me, and my friends, okay, we leave. Like, okay, like there's no ill feelings to the guys like okay like you're an idiot fine uh-huh. we leave so we go to this club we all going to the same club but it's like two 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 floors we go okay we go on to the lower floor we do our own thing and the other guys so we're like we're not colliding mm-hmm. it's not causing any problems so this we thinking okay it's it's left alone you know it's done it's over with mm-hmm. but they're sitting upstairs they like plotting Got scheming it. Uh-huh. Gathering a group of people, and when I'm about to go out and smoke a cigarette with my friend, it's just surrounded by this group m- of lads. Yeah, mob of people. <laughs> I was like, okay, goddamn it! They tr- basically they tried to jump me, mm-hmm. and like I remembered that I had my my knife in my like on me, so I just pull it out and they like to just to show them. Man, keep your distance. Mm-hmm. Like, go this knife on. is just for me. It's not meant for you. <laughs> no, like there was no, not like you put it. Like I stabbed a bunch of people. Not like that. <laughs> Correct. I, ho- I hold it up, you know, and one of the guys, like he doesn't see it or like it doesn't connect in his brain that okay, this guy, <laughs> this has guy a might knife. use it. Maybe I should back off. Uh-huh. So he basically impales himself. Mm-hmm. And another guy, like in the commotion, like get some cut or whatever. So it's like you made it sound absolute. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of things could have gone bad, like proper correct. bad, very quickly. Correct. And uh, but it didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the guy like he had some, yeah, he for sure like he lost some blood and had like a minor surgery, like. Mm-hmm. But like nothing too bad. So and after that, after obviously when such an incident takes place, there's police gets involved. Uh, not at the, in the beginning. There were more like those group of people. They wanted to hurt me. I didn't really care mm. because I was still on my painkillers. <laughs> was okay. Bring it, you know. And I was like, my mom sees all of this going on, getting a little bit freaked out, mm-hmm. realizing okay, you pretty much hit my like, son fucked up. I was already fucking up. <laughs> that was not really the issue. It was just that it was clearly that okay, you're either you're going to die or you're going to prison. Like <laughs> those are the options. And it seems to be like just around the corner at any given moment. Mm. So I kind of like all my friends after this, they back off. They don't want anything to do with me mm. for good reasons, you know. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want anything to do with me at that point. And um, more depression, you know. It's a bit of a tough place to bring yourself out of. 
But my Got mom, uh, is, she used to be a journalist, now she's retired, but uh, she wanted to interview these Swedish people in Malta. In Malta? Yeah, there's a lot of Swedish people there, mm-hmm. working in the iGaming industry. So, like, she came up with this plan, like, okay, you come along, just to get a little bit of vacation, I'll bring you along as a photographer, so you get a free ticket. Mm-hmm. Okay, sweet. Yeah. So you go to Malta. Yeah, I'll go. And Malta is, for the people who don't know, it's near the Mediterranean Sea. It's in the middle of the Mediterranean Sea. It's like in between uh, Sicily and Libya. Sicily and Libya, so yeah. between Europe and Africa. Yeah, it's like the southest point of Europe. Uh-huh. It's like, yeah, I went. Thinking too much about like staying or anything like that. Which is okay. Give me a bit of vacation, enjoy the sun for a bit, and then go home and yeah. get back to it. Because <coughs> at this point in my life, like I was not tattooing, I was not doing anything productive at all. And um, no, so we go. And um, I had some friends there, specifically like one guy that I tattooed years before. Uh huh. Swedish only. Swedish guy from uh, my city, and he basically just. Not even him, his friends in his house or sharing this house. Like, man, why don't you stay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, why don't I, you know? <laughs> and I did. I did stay. And your mom went back and you mom, decided mom, to my stay. My mom went back. Like, this was the night before we were supposed to leave. So I called her, like, mom, like, I'm staying. I was expecting her to get kind of pissed, you know? But uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> finally. <laughs> finally, you know? So she leaves and I stay and then uh, after three weeks I go back to Sweden to get more stuff. Mm, we just painkillers. No. No, the pain I left it all alone because it was messy like I was starting to oh, so you puke had... like after this incident I did try to cut my own throat. Ah. It was not very successful. <laughs> uh, Hence this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and I like yeah, I did some all this stupid stuff to try to get away from it but uh, no obviously I was not successful yeah so I went back to Sweden get my stuff like say hello to those friends that were still talking to me and then okay I'll move like properly I'll move to, to Malta and not like more than maybe a month I'm back I mm. get uh, a phone call from my mom telling me yeah uh, the police they the police are, is at the door <laughs> basically they they yeah they want you for question you're like a suspect in this thing and this was how many months after uh, the incident probably a year a year yeah mm-hmm. yeah because like I knew that they have like contacted the police and mm-hmm. I thought they were kind of a bit silly for it because at the end of the day they had nothing to do with the original incident yeah and they came to jump me <laughs> I defended myself maybe a bit too much <laughs> or like with I mean, you should never like have a knife on you like there's mm. no two ways about it but at the end of the day like take the lesson mm-hmm. okay don't don't randomly try to jump people yeah and uh, for me as well like, anyway they don't punch people in the face but yeah yeah <laughs> it should have been it should have ended at that correct know? yeah but uh, they were not having it. So, but still, like I knew there was maybe coming up, but like a year passes, you think like, okay, maybe they dropped it, maybe it's uh-huh. silly. Apparently, it wasn't silly. 
So your mom called and told yeah, you about it. Yeah, she asked me like, what the hell have you been doing? Yeah. I told her, like, it's clear, okay. Now I have this opportunity to either, like, I stay or I go home. Mm-hmm. But going home and going to prison, because I already, like, I had had this, um, I was convicted of, like, a, just, a, like, this bar fight thing. Mm-hmm. Like two years prior, and that would, ah, so if I got involved in something else, that yeah. would like they would. The police would recognize you. This is no, the guy. They, they they would throw the book at me. Yeah. They like like because I was let off like quite easily the first time. They would. Mm-hmm. Or like you take this opportunity that not many people are given, you know, and you make something out of it. Because at the end day, okay, I'm stuck in Malta for at least four years. Mm. So you stayed in Malta for four I years. St- I stayed in Malta four years and really tried to get dig deep it. and like discover like how the hell did I become this? Like why I'm so angry, frustrated. Where did it go wrong? Yeah, like it's not the person that I feel like on the inside, but all of this is obviously is coming out, and especially when I was drinking. Mm-hmm. And it was like deep diving in. I was not approaching it in a good way. I was just smoke a lot of weed mm-hmm. <laughs> to like reduce the the outward activity towards other people and just go inward. Introspect. And yes, mm-hmm. and just yeah, sit does in my that. thoughts. We does that pretty well. <laughs> even like in these social interactions with like uh, these show, social gatherings and just all this, you are sitting in the corner like talking to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> But it was effective, you know. Really, like you dig deep and see see this stuff, and mm-hmm. I realized that, for example, yeah, the strangling thing. Like man, it, like it really brought a lot of mistrust towards other people. Like even if you came up to me when you were friendly, still in the back of my mind, okay, this yeah. this guy probably wants to hurt you somehow. There was some kind of a trigger if someone yeah does that, mm. and you just came across all that shit that was inside your head even though unconsciously but it was living in your head yeah, and uh, if something sure. wrong happened it just brought you back yeah, and even like this okay it's a bit gruesome but still for the sake of it why not we go into it the art school story <laughs> sure it's story time officially yeah so why not because this is also one thing that I man it, it made me like afraid of people Mm-hmm. for a long time like okay you don't know who you're sitting next to you don't know who this person is so like when i was going to art school i had basically had two friends one guy who was never there they did skip school to paint graffiti and smoke smoke uh-huh. hash you know and then i had this weirdo that uh, i don't know i was kind of drawn to it was a bit fun like socially it was a bit handicapped maybe it's <laughs> a good word for it mm-hmm. and that was like it was kind of amusing for me like I enjoyed it. I enjoy having like these strange conversations with him. <laughs> and it just happened to be like you have this booth. Like think of like a room, like a square. And uh, around that room against the wall, you have like a booth. Mm-hmm. And he was like basically my neighbor. So I would like, if I sit at my booth, I'll see him. And he like he's looking at me, like we're facing each other. Uh-huh. So there was no like running away from this guy. So every day I would talk to this guy. We were like friendly. It was not like we were hanging out like outside of school you know but still like we were on very good terms Mm -hmm. and uh, whatnot but i i leave the school i go only stay for one year he keeps on going for two more years 
and after those two years it turns up like in the newspaper that he's he's been charged for murder this guy yeah uh-huh. and it's like this he apparently he took like his his friend home from like uh, a bar mm-hmm. a, a, a female friend they go to his place he he strangles her to death ah strangles her to death yeah like they go to sleep together oh, like okay. they're spooning and then just <laughs> for him like it's something flips and it just kills her oh. just like that and then he spends the entire night like chopping off her arms legs head Whoa. and just sitting in the shower and just like doing weird stuff with her like body parts so like it's not a normal crime it's uh, not of course yeah evil stuff and uh, then he uh, he tries to hide know, this yeah. like hide his body and he realizes that man hiding a body like in this apartment complex is not it's not an easy task so he goes off and he tries to like, escape yeah like no it's not even that it's like he goes and pretends to try to kill himself or whatever then like calls his mom and they go to the police ah so it's like a weak man uh-huh of course he yeah turns himself in and then it turns out like when they start to like research this guy there's even a documentary about this guy actually <laughs> what's what's his Be- name if you can share albin aspgren albin albin aspgren ah he's swedish only yeah uh-huh so turns out like he was really into like this cutting of cutting of body parts like, like some very weird deep hatred against women uh-huh so yeah. basically he's a serial killer i think it's pretty safe to say that he was a serial killer he was a potential serial killer potential for sure serial killer. uh this that his social skills didn't allow him this to was something <laughs> that was like bothering him for many years like he was like very into death and like you know in a weird sexual way uh-huh so strange guy and this guy like man you're sitting in front of him every day talking to this guy <laughs> so yes it's weird but like going from weird to murdering people <laughs> cutting up people into pieces oh? yeah that's, that's a big jump that's very a big, big jump, jump. A massive leap so yeah this was like messing with my my, my mind mm-hmm. a lot like when meeting new people and then like coming out of this little bit of an addiction you could call it and being a little bit not balanced definitely not yeah balanced so in Malta like really digging into this stuff and, like facing this stuff and uh, accepting them and in a weird way like embracing them that okay you can either like turn it into something awful you know or try to make something beautiful out of it to make it worthwhile uh, the first thing is i think you got it take responsibility for it like, you know what i did I fucked up was yeah. me and, you, and that's how i think you embrace it start embracing it okay i fucked up now let's look at where i did wrong what i can do to Absolutely. i don't get over this shit like when i was doing those painkillers and stuff i had no idea about the effects of it mm-hmm. i learned much later from a guy that i knew that was also doing the same stuff and he have like he was also cutting himself like him and his friend they were like getting really high on these painkillers and alcohol and they would just to print to, to pretend to be like ISIS members and just Ugh. deeply cut each other doing this weird stuff because like those barriers like they're out the window it's like very strange stuff correct 
but yeah anyway anyway you got over it somehow in malta yeah definitely and how was your time at malta how was those four years for you rebuilding man rebuilding, rebuilding. you went um, back into your craft of tattoo no that took a while i was that was always in the back of my mind like okay i deviated far away from mm-hmm. my dream and mm-hmm. i lost focus and that's probably one of the main reasons why I, like i was doing all of this other stuff that was not conducive for me mm-hmm. but uh, i got it in my head okay i i get myself a job i get enough money to open up a, a studio mm-hmm. like a small private studio like nothing big correct and so then okay i have a goal and yeah uh, you're working towards something yeah like a lot of things happen in malta where you like you kind of dip i guess back on square one i was working this job like oh, i'd sobered up i was working as a, a salesman this call center uh-huh. <laughs> that's fun no it's not <laughs> <laughs> it's not definitely not uh, it's in our call center there was a lot of drugs and alcohol but everyone <laughs> was back at it with the same yes. painkillers as well like i, I uh. just came out of it and now here i'm at this office where everyone is just doing drugs every single day yeah before work during work after work i think you realize as as kids when you look at adults you're like oh their life is sorted like they're sailing through it smoothly but as you of kind idiots. of <laughs> as you kind of get into your 20s you see like everyone is fucked up and everyone is hooked on something and the people who are not hooked on something they are going out in in some other way which is you know not very productive towards their life no. it's just that they have this front that everything is well they have a family absolutely they have a, uh, a bunch of kids but at the back of their minds shit is off the charts <laughs> yes you know everyone is into into these drugs and uh, it just kind of doesn't show you a Man, good how picture how many people are not like at the end of a work that they come home and they drink this big ass glass of wine uh-huh it's almost what like, is the difference yeah no so but when i came to this job and like i'm seeing all this stuff going on and still in the back of my mind i knew what happened in sweden and i'm not going back to that mm-hmm. sure i'll join you for a joint you know yeah. those painkillers uh 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 <laughs> it's not happening yeah and all of that cocaine in the bathroom uh 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 i'm good <laughs> so but seeing it in the in other people doing this stuff and how it affected them yeah and even for my own sake of like going back into the alcohol because of this job like mm-hmm. i didn't want to sit and talk to people like lie to people every day like try mm-hmm. to get them to do something that they don't want to do yeah that even you don't you wouldn't no know. like no one wants to be a part of it and everyone is just trying to wiggle himself out of it uh-huh. it's a very strange atmosphere but seeing this like how it was ruining other people how it ruined me just made me like okay i leave this uh-huh. i drop it so i just quit you quit yeah uh-huh. i was like unemployed borderline homeless at the time mm-hmm. it's like okay in a strange country <laughs> yeah and it was not the first time that i did it but somehow randomly like this door opens that oh a friend of mine he's messaged me one day oh i know this guy who's opening up a tattoo studio he needs 
people. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> oh, he needs people. That people is me. <laughs> I'm people. I'm people. <laughs> so, uh, and before this, like, I'd never had the courage to like even approach like a real tattoo studio and like, hey, yeah, this is what I can do. Yeah, hire me. Because like, I never had like someone that knew what they were talking about. Ah, uh, someone to guide you, kind of. No, exactly, and tell me that okay. This is good. This is this bad. This is what this you should do. For me, all all of it was bad. Like, <laughs> it's shit. But I know this this guy. He, he let me stay there. So this was also in Malta. It was in Malta. Mm-hmm. So I worked with this guy for a while, thinking life is good. I get myself an apartment. Getting your shit back together. Yeah, and then like starting. Typical me. I I drop it. You so, drop it. Yeah, <laughs> like no, I don't want this. I quit. <laughs> So, okay, I'm gonna tattoo from home again. Mm. But it's not that simple. There was a lot of stuff going on between me and this guy. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Uh, yeah, stuff happens, you know. But I left it. After a while, I had to go back to another call center. Ah. And immediately comes in. There's like this crack pipe in the corner. <laughs> My boss is like uh, snorting heroin <laughs> another colleague he's he's uh, smoking heroin in the bathroom and the fourth guy working there he's in the hospital because he's like a raging alcoholic <laughs> he drink like one uh, bottle of wine before work and one during work <laughs> and then probably a lot more in the evening that's a very healthy uh, work so atmosphere th- this time like I didn't necessarily learn the first time in, in the call center that was like kind of okay this is not for me Mm-hmm. This time I was like really like a slap in the face, you know. This ah. is not the environment for you. <laughs> but I had to do it for a while to try to against me. Yeah, and find a new tattoo studio. Mm. And so your own? No, I mm. still like oh, I did not have those kind of money at the time. Yeah, correct. <clears throat> but I, I had like this one studio in, in mind that like for some reason I was really drawn to. And you finally got into it. Yeah, like I'll, I'll go there, and they first have like, no, we don't need any people. And then, and then start looking at their work, like they completely change their mind. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, okay, you, you start like a couple of days in the week, we'll see. see how it goes. Uh-huh. And then I'm about to start, and they, they realize like, yes, I don't have the necessary license mm. to, because the, the first, my first boss, he didn't tell me anything about this. He, <laughs> he kept me like with a ball and chain. Ah. Uh. Like, okay, no one is gonna steal this guy from me. Kind of like that. Uh-huh. It's like he's, he's hostage. <laughs> tattoo hostage. <laughs> so, I'm really like, oh, man, I'm screwed. At least it takes six months to get this license, to get all of the proper mm-hmm. vaccine system. But somehow they they, they forged <laughs> uh, some so papers for me. I hope your boss or your clients are not listening to this. <laughs> no, I will not send this to her. She's... Uh, too good for that no she really like she's hooked me up like proper mm-hmm. and I started working there life is very good mm-hmm. like, we get along nicely you can come into the office we don't talk for two days and it's perfectly fine uh-huh. <laughs> super you sit in a corner and draw and then smoke okay, client okay I'll do tattoo go uh-huh. <laughs> it works like that but you know it's getting too good it's telling me like okay I will give you a raise you will be like the, the main main guy main guy I will back off a bit back off yes uh-huh. I'll, I'll give you like all my clients I will just do piercings mm-hmm. we have a good time you know we make good money together mm-hmm. nah 
Too good. Too good to be true. So you quit. Yeah. Oh. So you didn't take that opportunity. You thought that something was off. Nobody is like that. Every time, like it's getting good, getting comfortable, then this urge to move on. And it's always like it works. It's getting to a better and better, better place. So there's like nothing wrong with it per se. So you quit. I quit. Definitely, I quit. And there was other reasons because I got a dog. You got the dog. I got a dog, uh-huh. and I wanted him to have a better life. Than <laughs> have a better life. Because there's nowhere to <laughs> pee and poo for a dog in Malta. It's just uh-huh. rocks everywhere. So I left and I moved to to the Netherlands. You went to the Netherlands yeah, after like four years. No, after four years, yeah, I go to the Netherlands and I realized, man, Netherlands is not for me. Actually, where I need to go is back home to Sweden. Mm-hmm. And by this time, it was all over with the police stuff. Yeah, like it was. It had died down. It's it's doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. After five years, it's it's gone. Yeah. Because of the classification they did for it, they didn't do correct. It should mm-hmm. have been. I mean, a knife was involved, so it should have been brought up a lot. But mm-hmm. for some reason, it didn't. By the grace of something, <laughs> and that made me. Otherwise, I would been gone for like ten years. Ah. For that to be gone, and then it would definitely would be more worth it to just. Check into prison, you know. Uh-huh. But after four years, like leaving Malta, like I dropped. Off. I was not drinking. I was not smoking. I was doing nothing. Like I was really top of my game, you know. Mm. A lot of things happened during those four years. You grew also a well. lot, mm-hmm. a lot. It was a growing period for you. Yeah, it's like to the point where when I came home and I met like, for example, my my childhood, childhood I, like friends. childhood, but like best friends, you know. Yeah, it's like I see two of them, one different people. Two, they're like their parents. Like they know me very, very well. Mm-hmm. I go up, like I talk to them. They don't recognize me. <laughs> I'm standing like one meter away, you know. They mm-hmm. don't recognize me. Both of them. Mm-hmm. So obviously something changed, you know. Mm-hmm. Because Internally. face wise, yeah, not well. too much. Yeah, some mustache grew. Like <laughs> I mean, we've known each other for over ten years. Yeah, a little bit of facial hair should not uh, do that. So yeah. I think some energetically as well, like something, something changed. So you went back to Sweden, and uh, yeah, I went back, and on, at this point, like I had already kind of discovered Sadguru. <laughs> Sadguru. Yeah. Let's like, get to him also. <laughs> yeah, like before I went, I was really like searching, like throughout those four years, like really. What you the fuck is this all about? Yeah, like you really started questioning a lot. Already back home, like for as long as I can remember, this was something always like, questioning this, this, and that. But uh, by the end of those years, getting kind of balanced, and Saguro just comes up, poof, out of nowhere, because <laughs> answering questions, <laughs> left, right, and center. Like I know, bro. Like, Come I, over. I watched this some. Each a video about the limbs of yoga, and it's like really like man, there are people like really going at this like mm-hmm. full time, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a way to understand this. Mm. Okay, I want in. It was like finding home, you know. Uh-huh. Like, man, I've been looking for this forever. Here it is. So going home was uh, kind of focused on this whole yoga thing. Mm. Not really there yet, but I want to learn more about this. Because mm-hmm. at this time I didn't even know that they had programs in Sweden. I thought everything was here ah. in India, uh-huh. and still at that point, like going to India was far-fetched. <laughs> it was 
not on my calendar <laughs> bucket list <laughs> yeah it was on the bucket list but ah. for sure not on my so going home like a bit of a new person like proper scared to fall back in old ways so I stayed away from people and I I opened up my own little tattoo studio mm-hmm. doing my own thing went back to Malta got some more money and made it good I had my own stuff you know and then it just happened to they had a program in, in Sweden for in engineering in engineering yeah okay. like <laughs> I go sign me up <laughs> hook me up yeah and that just flipped everything hmm it's like the great experience of my life you know there must be a period where you kind of contemplated on coming this far to this no. strange country no you didn't contemplate there much. was never like any questions about it, it was just it just had to be here yep uh-huh. there was just one way and fuck the rest <laughs> like that it was so like it was yeah, really I, i see I, from for most people it's like this only they're like we didn't we just knew that we had to be here we yeah there was no be, other way just had to be a part of this during my uh, in engineering that i heard this conversation like briefly someone is passing by talking about southern pala uh-huh oh i want to do that yeah but to my understanding at that point okay you need to do all of these like basic programs first yeah. so that was like my my plan okay i do all of these programs that i can do and then uh, i'll go uh-huh. once i finished and just it aligned itself that i did my last program like a month before coming here that's how it goes but even now when you come here it kind of You have this one-pointed focus to get here. Mm-hmm. Once you get here, it's kind of scatters. That illusion is okay. What to do next? Mm-hmm. So, what brought you here more? Like, did Sadguru kind of you watch him and you listen to what he had to say? Did that pull you here more, or did the whole concept of yoga and what he was talking about? The whole concept of jo- yoga, like I never cared about what he, he had talks to say. about. <laughs> okay. That, I'm not interested. Mhm. Not in- interested in the theory and the whatever. No, like I before like I was doing a lot of LSD. Uh-huh. And I had enough. <laughs> LSD of, is fun. Yes, it's fun. It's a good time for sure. And you see us take a bunch of acid and sit like in this small dark room in mm-hmm. complete darkness and you sit there. Mhm. And I had like this weird experiences to the point where I had, like I realized at least okay this can be done without the without any external without, substance yes exactly and because it's happening in your body at the yes. end of the day it's uh, if it's happening in your body it is possible that you induce it yourself within so to mm-hmm. like to that extent i understood what he was talking about and that made me like also really it's just talking mm-hmm. it's not the way uh-huh. i can listen to this endlessly and it will correct. not make a difference in my life correct So I had to approach this in a in a different way. So in, in that sense, you just had to come here and see and uh, do it for yeah, yourself. Yeah, like and okay, see. teach me how to do it. Mm-hmm. Then I'll Sh- tell you show, if it works. Show me how to bend my body in the right way, so I become like a a perfect antenna and I experience this. Yeah, that's all I want. Align your geometry to the yeah. geometry of the cosmos. <laughs> Don't talk to me. Just show me the alignment. Uh huh. I'll do right. it myself mm-hmm. and tell you if it works or not. Yeah. 
and then you decided to come here and obviously people around you did they react you're like i'm going to india to this ashram my mom cried actually first she was cried. like upset because she had her in mind that i would like, come to sweden i would kind of settle settle and i would like help her out with her stuff and i have done that so now it's okay like she realized i'm not going here now like i disappear you know yeah it's not But like it was like that for a while mm. was, like i was really contemplating on this yeah like yet. okay i drop everything and i go uh-huh like bye. the only thing that was like holding me back was my dog <laughs> they do that i guess he stays for a reason as well mm. but no she cried she was like proper upset like man you can't go and become a monk <laughs> too young for that what the hell did malta do to you <laughs> because before like oh she heard about oh i'm doing this acid i'm like doing all this stupid stuff and like she felt like i lost my mind you know mm-hmm. maybe i did but acid makes you i guess see something beyond this shit in in a way in a way for sure in a way it's a lot of people get like stuck in that like okay mm-hmm. that acid experience but if you see beyond it uh, okay there's something more to it if you can drop the acid yeah i think alan watts said this thing that really resonated with me uh, about psychedelic substances he said psychedelic substances is like looking at what it is really all about through a microscope but at the end of the day you got to get away from the microscope mm-hmm. and start figuring it out in you know in real life you've yeah. seen you've seen through the window of these yeah. substances that what well, it is like the window yeah now you just got to work on how to open this window yeah. you, you can't be just stuck there and look at the microscope day after day after day you just have to get off even for me in a way because of some of the experiences i had while being on the on those substances i was inclined towards this yeah even though people can really go wrong if they go too deep into Absolutely. these substances that's there you got to approach them with a certain sense of respect you have to respect Any, these substances like anyway everything can become like a barrier mhm correct so anyway you're here now it's been it's been 4 months or 3 and a half oh it's been 3 more just a little above 3 months here so what has been your experience here so far there are some experiences which cannot really be explained that is what i've come to realize i've kind of stopped even thinking about how to articulate this so i know that but overall how do you really kind of the same thing that i experienced when i moved to malta moving to malta like i really thought in the beginning that okay all of my issues are left in sweden now i'm here mm-hmm. and then you realized damn <laughs> they here with me as well uh-huh but here you have this like gorgeous place absolutely wonderful wonderful people like who's proper like striving to become the that is true better. yeah but yeah. still it doesn't matter like if you're here you're in Malta you're in a dirty club in Sweden <laughs> like to maintain that gorgeous feeling within yourself like mm. the importance of that and uh, if you can maintain that it doesn't matter where you're like that this place is obviously it's very conducive to to grow Correct. that feeling or like that that awareness because mm-hmm. you're reminded of it constantly as special as this place is at the same time it's not special at all <laughs> you sorry sagur <laughs> that's what they say do not get attached 
with the ashram even sadguru says that if you are coming to ashram this is not your home you just here to imbibe what is here to be learned to be experienced and you take that back in, into your own life and you you do not rely on you know living in ashram if i am living here only then i'll be good and pleasant and productive and all you just got to imbibe into you and go out into the world and kind for of spread it for me that's like the nightmare to get too cozy here yeah to have it like too good sun becomes like oh what's the point of being outside when this is such a wonderful place uh-huh i could just stay here yeah and i don't want the place to be wonderful i want me to be wonderful <laughs> and i want to, to be able to spread that as you said mm-hmm. over here like i do nothing like for other people outside these people in here like anyways they know it they're here they mm-hmm. will experience it so going here and being wonderful to you and the next person like easy easy and <laughs> doesn't make much of a difference mm-hmm. because anyway you can do it by yourself mm-hmm. but for the outside people yeah that's where all the fucking is happening <laughs> yes yeah, so it's more I feel like that's more important to go out there and, and give it to the rest somehow yeah through your own craft yeah. whatever craft you have you certainly have your own craft and that is also something that I wanted to talk to you about you know your craft tattoo yeah. making and you being an artist the creative side of things and all though it is 10:37 <laughs> now i think we'll have to do a second part of it pretty soon because um, i had shared that list of questions and ideas as to what we need to talk about yeah, we d- couldn't cover any of that out the window yeah it was purely story time it was not even an episode it's story time <laughs> yeah story time and yeah i think that is squeezed squeezed a very tight fit no yeah yeah but we got to do an episode where we talk about your craft and what i had in mind the creative process and all but for now i guess uh, i have a meeting at 11 and uh, you also have to be at your seva no i'm sick today yes <laughs> still i have a bunch of work to do ah uh, so you can do it remotely not be around people to anyway oh, those dragonflies are mating that's, that's cool. a pretty side yeah that's a good way to end this thing <laughs>